At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Coming up on episode 247 of Wheel Bearings, we've got the BMW M240i, the Volvo XC60 Recharge, the Mazda 3 with the Turbo, our first drive of the new Nissan Z, Lordstown finally sells its plant, uh, Ford selling off its Rivian stake, and Scout is coming back as an electric SUV. All that and more coming up next. Did you know you can support Wheel Bearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. This is episode 247 of Wheel Bearings. I'm Sam with Blue All Salmon from Guidehouse Insights. And I am Nicole Wakeland, and we're going to stick with the Fast Women podcast at Newsweek. And I am Roberto Baldwin from Engadget. It's the English gadget. <laughs> I don't know what Engadget means. I, I worked there for five years. No idea. <laughs> they made it up. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. That gives moto. Yeah. Doesn't make yeah. doesn't make any no. any any sense. Just a word. Yeah. One one and gadget was just a reaction to to Gizmodo's creation. You know, Gizmodo came out there and started doing well, and so uh, or actually, no, I think Peter Rojas started Gizmodo, left and hooked up with Jason Calcanis and started getting gadget to compete with the one he started with. So good times. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, enough enough of the uh, tech blog history. Uh, <laughs> what what have you been driving, Robbie? Uh, this week I have been driving <clears throat> the BMW, the BMW, the BMW, one more time, the BMW. That's probably better than an Alpha or Alpha numeric name. Yeah, it's the BMW 240i. Um, this is BMW's tiny little uh, sport coupe. It is a fun little uh, machine. It is an actual coupe. It is not a coupe with four doors. It's a coupe with two doors. Not a grand coupe. It's not the Grand Coupe, which they also have. They have the, they have a four door Grand Coupe, which sure why not? <laughs> um, this is the uh, this is part of their their two series coupe. Uh, it starts at forty eight thousand five hundred and fifty dollars. It is not cheap, um, but it is fun. It's got a three liter uh, twin turbo. I'm sorry, yeah, twin turbo inline six. That inline you know BMW makes. Let's just say the world's best inline six. Let's just say that. Um, and it is an all-wheel drive. It's X-Drive. It does not have a manual transmission anymore. Oh, bummer. This, gen- this, this later, latest generation, the uh, the 2 Series lost the manual transmission. 
So you get paddle shifters, and of course you get you know automatic. <sighs> That's my heavy sigh for the loss of the manual transmission on the two series. That's um, I, I do I I like the two series a lot, just top to bottom. I think it's a fun. Um, it's the 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 epitome of what the three series was uh, for for decades, and now it's you know that number has gone down. I guess. <laughs> As a three series, well, as, every, as everything gets bigger, you know, the, the, everything gets bigger. They, yeah. they got to keep introducing new ones from the bottom to fill Tiny in the gaps. Ones. They had the one series here for a little while in the early 2000s. My friend had one. Um, he liked it. Um, he sold it, but he liked it. Um, uh, this, yeah. So this is the M240 uh, coupe. Uh, it gets. Uh, let me tell you what they tell you it gets. Uh, combined 26 miles per gallon. I did. I ended up. I haven't done a lot of uh, back road driving yet with it, um, so I was getting about 27 miles per gallon. I've been doing a lot of freeway driving. I've had a lot of errands to take care of, and uh, typically what'll happen is I'll do an errand. I'll go to the place, and then on the way back, what I'll do is I'll set my uh, navigation to home, but avoid highway or avoid freeway. And if you do that in Northern California, you're gonna get. You're gonna end up on a windy road. Is what's gonna happen. Um, yesterday, I ended up having to do far more errands than I anticipated. I had a lot of stuff. I had a lot of junk in my trunk at that point. <laughs> and the idea the idea of uh, that was literal. <clears throat> yeah, I had literally a lot of junk in my trunk and I had to get home quicker than I uh, you know, I was out longer than I anticipated. And the idea of just all that stuff sliding around <laughs> in the back of the vehicle uh seemed like a uh, like a like a bad scene, um, so I haven't done a lot of back roads driving in this this time. But I have driven this vehicle before. I drove it in um, Palm Springs with BMW. They have a big test fest every year. They bring out all their cars, and you just take turns. Like you get in a car and you drive it for like an hour and a half. And you get in a car and you drive it for an hour and a half. You get in a car and you drive it for an hour and a half. Um, and then they also have cars that you can drive on the track, which is really fun. And that's where I got to do the Mini SE. On the autocross course, and I didn't do very well. <laughs> <laughs> but did you have fun? I did have fun. I did have fun. I, it, I like to say that I am better a better driver than your average person. But when it comes to automotive journalists, I'm like maybe in the middle, maybe topish middle. But I'm yeah. There there are some people um, who who are far better than than I am. I went on a drive program where it was just me and Tim Stevens doing like performance driving, and that was just. No, it was no contest. Well, I mean, yeah, t- it was Tim's, Tim's used to racing his Subaru around on a frozen lake. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, Tim, he, he Tim, knows Tim car control. The, and, and Tim's like the nicest person in the world. So it's it's also it's also fine when the nicest person in the world is doing better than you. You're like, it's fine because he's <laughs> the nicest <laughs> person. He's you like nice. him. Yeah. You're like, oh, OK, cool. Um, so, yeah, no, this is a fun, fun car. This is um, I, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before about this vehicle. This is the vehicle when you have a BRZ or a Miata or, you know, something like that. And you want to sort of step up. You want something with a little more luxury. Um, you, you want to step up in, in the world. You still want that fun drivability, but you want to, like, move up a little bit. A little more premium. Uh, a little more premium is, is what you're getting with this. And you don't want to go to the, you know, you're, you're like, yeah, I don't need anything flashy like the Supra um, or the Z or anything like that. I want something that's feels a bit more adult but it's not quite adult it's 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 like your late 20s like that's like when you're when you're 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 an adult but you still want to like you know you still want to go out and jump off cliffs and stuff um that's what i i I like to call the um 
the two series. So this is the M240i. Um, it's again, it's all-wheel drive. Now they also have the 230i coupe, which is cheaper. It's 30. It starts at 36,350. Um, it has a smaller engine. It has a um, uh, an inline four. Uh, still twin turbo. It's two liter. Um, but it's rear-wheel drive. And I, again, I've driven both of these. And this thing, it's it's a it's the zero to sixty in the 240i is four to four point one seconds. The zero to sixty in the 230 is five point five seconds. And you're thinking to yourself, well, that's a lot of time. But you know what? You're also getting rear-wheel drive. And having driven both of these cars, if you are a fan of rear-wheel drive, if you like that little extra playfulness, and you can, you know, you can turn off the traction control, it's a really screaming deal, actually. I mean, you're not going to have that speed that you would have with the M240i, but it's, yeah, I actually really like the 230i. I think I might have liked it better. Really? Uh, yeah, and, and you know, this is the same thing I had with the old uh, two series, the previous generation. Um, where I like the less powerful version of the vehicle better because it weighed less because, you know, smaller engine and it was rear wheel drive. And then, you know, that one had a, had a manual transmission. So if you're looking for a manual transmission, you got to look in the used car section. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, it really kind of comes down to, to what you're looking for. If you want something that's a bit more tossable, maybe not as powerful, you, you know, the 230 is, is a great little car. If you want something that's, you know, you're all you think about is power and going in a straight line, and you know the 240 is 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 the one to get. Um, either vehicle is gonna make you happy if that if you're if you're looking for that sort of traditional ultimate driving machine um, when you're driving in the uh, the BMW. Yeah, well, um, I mean, if, if you miss the old you know E36 era three series, yeah. you know the the 325i of the early to mid 90s. You know, this this is the closest you're going to find to that. You know, especially that 230 um, with the four cylinder. Uh, you know, it's it's actually more powerful than that 325 was, but you know, it's closer in size. It's to that that three series of that era. Yeah, you get this nice short, you know, shorter wheelbase. It's a nice lighter vehicle. It's it's again, it's, it's tossable. It's fun. You know, it's a it's a two door coupe. It's definitely not for your family. Um, I, you could put kids in the back um, if you needed to. Um, if you have car seats, well, good luck. Um, if you have smaller children who are, are I don't even know how old, how old the kids have to be while they're in car seats now. It's like 12, 13. Is that you're how long? Supposed to be, you're supposed to be 12 years old. And I think, but there's also a 12 or. I made that up. Yeah. I didn't realize. <laughs> I think it is because if you are a certain height, like if you have an exceptionally oh, tall kid, yeah. if you're it's old fine. enough that your height and weight. The seatbelt hits the right spot and you're the right weight and your legs bend at the seat instead of like sticking straight out. Like the oh, so they don't have that little booster seat. Yeah, the booster lets it bend, but if your legs just bent, so there's yeah. But they say at about twelve. So nice guess. Wow. So yeah. anyways, yeah, there you go. So if you have a, well, at that, I just think of a third. My, if I had a thirteen-year-old, oh. they'd be just be like lanky and awkward. I don't. And, I don't think I know many twelve-year-olds that have made it that far. Like because they're too big. I mean, there's a point where you put them in yeah. a car seat and it's stupid because like you don't fit in it. I feel like it's doing more yeah. harm than good. But as long as the seatbelt like. It's you have to be the certain weight. It's appropriate. Yeah, even if you're a chubby kid, you made a weight. If you're too short still, if the seatbelt like hits their neck, if it's not like yeah, that's where not it would a good, be on an adult, yeah, you want not good. you want it going yeah, over the shoulder, scene. not across. Right, the neck. you want it going over the shoulder, and you want their legs to be able to bend at the knee to hang over the seat, not still be sticking straight out, because that's not good in an accident. They yeah. should be able to bend. Yeah, so once they're, yeah. All right, that makes yeah. all, that, all that makes sense. Um, yeah. And I just remember the seatbelt that I had when I was a child was my mom putting her arm out because no one used a seatbelt in the 80s. 
<laughs> my mom did because she was a nurse. You want horror stories to make you wear a seatbelt? Even back in the eighties, uh, my yeah. mom has got them. Yeah, so, my yeah, mom. She was a proponent of seatbelts from the time I was a little kid. Yeah, we didn't. I didn't have a nurse mom. Uh, so, so the 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 vehicle I had um, with all the, the the bells and whistles that they you know typically will give us uh, fifty seven thousand two hundred ninety five dollars. So more. More than the forty-eight five fifty. Um, a lot of that stuff, you know. There's the driver's assistance package. It gives you adaptive cruise control. It's fourteen. It's fifteen hundred. And then they have a premium package with heated steering wheel, heated front seats, uh, heads-up display, live cockpit stuff. Uh, Two thousand seven hundred fifty. Um, if you live in say an area where the temperatures, if you live in like some, if you live in California, essentially most of California, you probably don't need this. You know, unless you really love heads-up displays, the heated seats and stuff. Um, heated seats are great when you hurt your back um, in California or if you go snowboarding. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, the destination's only nine. It's only a thousand bucks. Nine nine five. That's like a downright bargain these yeah. days. And this one was built in. Oh, this one was built in Mexico. Mexico. Oh. With uh, yeah. So yeah, it's one of the uh, Mexico-built um, uh, vehicles. Maybe that's why it's cheaper, but that's probably everything you know just just uh, for just for reference um as you were saying those prices i decided to look up e36 uh m3s on uh bring a trailer oh and the the current highest price for a thirty-two thousand mile 99 m3 um went for fifty two thousand dollars so you can get okay so 52 and let me hold on. Let me pull up the price of the 230i. Oh God, this is the this is the this is the <laughs> rear wheel drive 36. So twelve thousand dollars less? No, fifty two. Yeah. All right. So that's well, here, here's, sixteen thousand dollars less. Here, here's one that sold for thirty thousand dollars. So you know you could have a right. brand new M240i with all the options, or, or 230i oh. for 36, or 240 for 48. Yeah. Or you can you have an old car. You guys have become the Charlie Brown people again. All I'm hearing is the wah 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 as you're going <laughs> through wah, all wah, wah. the numbers. Yeah, so it's a yeah. lot of numbers. As long as you're not getting uh, hosed by a dealership, uh, yeah. Well, good luck with that. Uh, big, yeah. That's uh, so anyway. Yeah, so that's the uh, BMW M240i, a fun tossable vehicle uh, for people who want, you know, like super power but don't want. Super superpowers? Does it give you superpowers? Supra. Is that <laughs> now, okay. It's like, hey, you like the Supra, but you want to look like an adult? Here you go. <laughs> well, and your car. I mean, the, the Supra literally has the same engine that's in that M240. I know. That's what, it's, it's, it's built, built by, the by same BMW. People. Shh. <laughs> Don't give all the secrets out, Sam. Get all the secrets out. The Supra is a fine car. It is. It's a cool car. I like driving the Supra. Yeah. But I know a lot of friends who are just like, no. <laughs> look at it. Why? Just because oh, of the looks? Because the looks. Yeah. I like it. I like a Supra. I like. I think that it's daring. Um, I'm happy that a manual transmission is finally coming to the Supra. Um, you know, I now do you like it better? Do you like it better now that there's a manual transmission coming? I like everything better when it has a manual transmission. That's there, just, that's, but, that's an acceptable uh, answer. And don't don't send me don't send me Twitter messages. Well, you know the uh, automatic transmissions are now you know they they switch gears much quicker than the average. I don't. That's not that's not what's not, not the point. It's not no. It's not the point. They mean being being faster than 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 uh than than a, an automatic transmission is not what it's I'm not talking about. Yeah. yeah, that is not the goal. If that's what you think the goal is, and you don't get it. Yeah. yeah. That. <laughs> All right. Nicole, what about you? What yes. was your goal? 
Okay, my goal was I had two cars this week. Um, actually, one last week that I'm talking about now, so I'm just late to the game. So last week I was driving the Volvo XC60 Recharge T8 Inscription because the more words in your name, the cooler your car. And the more you can um, charge for it. And the more you can <laughs> yeah. charge for it. It's, it's like by the letter, you can just charge more for this than 90% of cars that are on the market right, right now. Um, so plug-in hybrid, which I've become a huge fan of. Like I think that little – that little extra, you know, it's not like you can go for 300 miles like you can on an EV or 200 miles and just all electric. But that, like, little chunk of electric range, it's such a, like, playing with it. It's like, oh, I didn't use the gas today. Yay. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like a little gamification of driving your car. So it's kind of fun. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, no, we must stop. I'm almost hitting the max. We have to find a place to charge up. So this one actually gives you um, 36 miles of all electric range, which is pretty good. Like, you can run errands around town. That's, that's a good amount of EV range. So that was pretty fun. And I used, I used mostly electric. I was kind of proud of myself. And now that we have a charger here, I could plug it in. So it wasn't like, so then we were battling. Oh, you got a charge charger. I have a, I have a, I have, because well, we have a, a plug-in hybrid. So I would like fight between oh, whether duh. my husband's was plugged in or his <laughs> was. Yeah. So we were charging them both. It's like, we are the, we're the little electrified family in the neighborhood this week. Um, yeah, we were all sorts of environmentally conscious. I recycled more and everything. It was amazing. Anyway, <laughs> so it has a tur- two-liter turbocharged engine, 455 horsepower, and 523 pound-feet of torque. So Sam says. Is that right? That's what, that's what the calculator says. <laughs> Sam calculated three different numbers for me before the show, guys. I have all these scribbles. It's like, nope, not that one. Nope, not that one. So we're going with 523. It's wrong. It's Sam's fault. Okay, so it's it's a nice responsive engine. I mean, it's 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 a it's a fun car to drive. It's not like a sporty car, but it's responsive. It's quiet. Um, it's you know, Volvo's sort of like a luxury brand, but not a luxury brand. Like they have these really elegant interiors that are sort of like that refined. There's nothing flashy about them. They it's very Swedish. Them. It's very Swedish. Like good quality and materials. Um, and this is roomy. This is a five passenger crossover, and it had the. Um, Oh, the crystal gear shift. like Oh, the, yeah. The fancy gear shift. Yeah, which then also makes you nervous because every time, like, if I had a ring in my hand and my ring hit it or my, like, bracelet hit it, I'm like, oh, God, if I break that, how much does that cost? How fragile is that gear shift? I could not buy this because it's freaking me out, man. Um, so it was – Just to get a little sleeve to put over it. I know you like you need a little, like sleeve, a little, little protective sleeve. sleeve. Yeah, like you put the plastic over the couch that your like grandmother did 100 years ago. Yeah. You need a little sleeve to put over the crystal. Cozy. Yeah, need a shifter cozy. Yeah, a little shifter cozy. That's what I need because I every time like I wear bracelets and every single time it went clink clink. I was like, oh god, oh are you okay, little gear shift? I'm sorry. So, um, so I enjoyed driving this, and it, the thing is, it's not cheap. So all together, this one ran seventy two thousand eight hundred and forty dollars. That is not an inexpensive plug-in hybrid. Nope. So you can definitely get cheaper. Plug-in hybrids out there. I feel like that that the EV range, though. I mean, correct me, guys, if I'm wrong. That's a pretty decent EV range for it's, a yeah. plug-in. Yeah, it's it's at the high end of what you can get today. And you know, yeah, the the one you're driving, you know, they just released a, a refresh, a mid, in fact, a mid-year refresh. Because if you got an early 22 XC60 recharge, it only has half that range. And so okay. they they increased the size of the battery, gave it a more powerful electric motor. Um, so yeah, that's you know, thirty-five to forty miles is at the upper end of what you're going to get from um, plug-in hybrids today. Okay, so you're getting a decent range for a plug-in hybrid 
you're getting an attractive car. It's beautifully appointed. It has a nice, quiet, smooth ride. It's roomy. It has that very essentially Volvo-y kind of thing going on. So it's an elegant car. I like it. I mean, this is, if I was looking for a, you know, not super luxury car, but still something that has that really high end vibe to it, this definitely delivers. And I just, the material in terms, I've always been a fan of how Volvo somehow makes their cars look really, really like outrageous. I know 72 grand is not cheap, but they make them look much more expensive than that by simplifying everything. It's not like we've thrown everything we can at this car. It doesn't have, you know, four kinds of wood and chrome and this and that. It, it's very muted, but somehow they look really beautiful. And I'm a fan of that when they can pull that off. And this definitely does. Do, do they have the wool seats or the, uh, the leather? Um, I have the wool seats. I like those. I like those wool Which seats. Which I think look, they look amazing. Yeah. I worry about, I mean, if you have kids, I always worry about this. Disease. I guess maybe I had really sloppy kids. I mean, just to clarify, no. guys, my kids are- You just like, had kids. They're all okay. sloppy. Because <laughs> like my kids are like 18 and 19 years old now. They are no longer making a mess in my car. And my eyes st still starts to twitch when I see fabric in cars and think like, oh God, oh God, one cup of milk. Oh God, one, one like chicken nugget ground into the seat. Ah, like I panic. Like it's, kids make cars so dirty. So I, I hope that- I'm feeling like they should be, you know, hold up well, but, you know, that's always my concern. I'm a big fan of leather seats if you have kids, which sounds counterintuitive, but you can wipe everything off of them. It just you can wipe clean. it off. Wipe it all off. They get anything on there, it's okay. Wipe it off. Kid has an upset stomach. No worries. Wipe it all off. Your car doesn't <laughs> smell like that for a month. So, all right. But yeah, they're beautiful. If you don't have kids, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we drove that one in was it March or something when we were out in Palm Springs mm -hmm. and uh, I really liked those wool seats. I thought yeah. they, they looked, they looked fantastic. They felt really good. Yeah. And, and it's nice really on a nice really hot there. summer day when you get in, you know, you, you know, you don't instantly feel like your back is getting burned by the hot right. leather. Exactly. It's not like searing a layer of skin off of your body. Yeah. <laughs> so that was what I had last week. So I had the fancy plug-in hybrid from Volvo this week. I have a not quite as fancy, but very fun vehicle from Mazda. I have the Mazda 3 hatchback, 2.5 oh. turbo all-wheel drive Ooh. with premium plus package in snowflake white pearl. I like that oh. name, snowflake white pearl. This one, considerably more affordable. It is, the base on this is 34.4, but they put a little bit of stuff on this one, so it's actually 35.8, which is, that's downright affordable. Um it's small. I mean, it's not something you're going to pack the family into unless you're not often having the family back there, but it's a fun little car. Mazda are just fun. Isn't that the thing? You're, so, mm -hmm. you're a driving enthusiast. You should be able to get behind the wheel of a Mazda and feel like, yep, this is a car for someone who likes to drive and doesn't just need like an appliance to get them back and forth to the office or, you know, to just dump the kids at school, something that you enjoy driving. Um, I had a couple of nice trips down into Boston to the airport in this. So I had some long drives and it was nice that it was fun to drive on the highway, like really fun. But even in stop and go traffic, it's not torture. Like some cars that are a little bit more fun when you're kind of just cruising, when you're suddenly in stop and go, they don't modulate that really well. And it's sort of like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I just want to get where I can open it up. This one was actually even fine driving in rush hour traffic that I got stuck right in the middle in. Um, so I enjoyed this. The only thing you know that I... I'm not a fan of the infotainment system in the Mazda. <laughs> it's not my favorite. We've discussed this before. It works just fine. I dislike. Sam loves. So I feel if you've listened to a single episode of the podcast, you already know this. <laughs> um, 
but it's I mean it's it's delivers that sort of fun Mazda spunk it's like a spunky little car it moves um you feel like if you're trying to accelerate on the highway at rush hour no problem do it it's not going to be an effort to get up to speed and once you're up there if you're trying to pass slower cars it is absolutely a breeze to pass slower cars the ride is mostly quiet and it's, and it's pretty smooth they're re uh surfacing the streets in our neighborhood however and some of them are like driving off road right now and all i could think i'm like oh this god this poor mazda oh good lord there's no way to get out of my house when you're driving over this but you know what it did pretty well i only had to watch for the now three inch raised manhole covers I'm like i do not need to take the bottom of the mazda off of the mazda let's let's do a little frogger don't, and go around that don't, don't want to punch a hole in the oil pan no, I did not want to do that. Yeah. So, uh, but even over that, which is ridiculously like there's really dirt in portions of our road right now, just <laughs> dirt. So it's kind of a mess. And it even handled a ridiculously rough road surface that you would hardly ever have to drive. It still is pretty composed and pretty comfortable and easy, which is something because you wouldn't drive over this road unless you had to because you lived here. <clears throat> yeah. And the, the thing I like about this, you know, when they added the turbo option to the Mazda 3 last year is uh, it comes with all wheel drive. And back in the day when they still had the Mazda Speed 3, which was the last one with a turbo, um, I don't know if you ever drove one of those. I don't think I ever got a chance to drive but, one, um, they, um They had a tendency to uh, to turn suddenly every time you stepped on the gas pedal. Oh, that's not fun. Yeah, torque steer. Yeah. Torque steer galore. Torque steer. Yeah. No. That, was the olden, that was the olden days. Yeah. This does not everything, that. Nope, everything has torque steer. You can mash the gas and it goes in a nice straight line. Yep. I, you know what? what uh, I'm going to be that guy. Um, the all-wheel drive versions of the Mazda 3 aren't – you can't get it with the manual transmission. And when they asked why, they're like, oh, that's people don't want that. We're like, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> no. I get the, to see you. You the, lying liars. That's not true. Yes, they do. Put the, it on the, there. The, the correct answer is not enough people want that. There, yeah. there are people who want it. Yeah. There's just not enough of us – but the front wheel drive. There's Robbie and this other guy and, in Cincinnati. The front wheel drive. <laughs> the front wheel drive version. You can get a manual transmission, but not the all wheel drive. Version. But you can't get the turbo with the front drive. Exactly. So it's it, once, once you have, have a, a niche of a niche, you're like, yeah. Well, we sell fifteen thousand of these. What's the take rate on manuals? It's, it's kind of hard to justify spending several million dollars to certify a manual transmission that you're going to sell fifty of. Yeah. Especially if you're well, only selling them for thirty five thousand dollars. If you but if you look against like the other vehicles that are in this this sort of ID like the this the um the BRZ, the GR eighty six, I mean the take rate on manuals is much higher there. And you can say, Oh, this is a fun performance vehicle for those people, those people would be like, Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. That's that that, that market, that, that segment that market segment is where manuals thrive. And it's where the manuals live now. Yeah. That sort of enthusiast like you know, thirty. You know, twenty-five to to forty thousand dollar price range, but you know, except except uh, most of those people aren't necessarily looking for a car shaped like the Mazda three. They're looking for something that looks like uh, a BRZ. They, it does have kind of like no, that Mazda three. People still love that Mazda three. Yeah. It has a, it has, the, this has kind of like a bubble butt situation. It looks very wide. Yeah. It has a plentiful rear end. It made me like, like it's it looks fine from the side, looks great from the front, looks like a monster, but I was just walking up to him like, man, that is a very rounded baby got back. It's a cool it's little a, car. Yeah. It, I, yeah, I it's cute, but I'm like also little bubble butt happening back there. I don't know how I bubble feel about butt. that. Bubble butt. <laughs> All right. Um I had a return visit from the um 
Ford F-150 uh, Platinum Power Boost uh, that I had actually back in like February. Um, I had it back then because I wanted to try out uh, Blue Cruise on the F-150. And um, I, we talked about it then and it turned out that the software was not correctly flashed onto this particular vehicle. Um, and so the Blue Cruise was non-functional. Uh, and uh, so they – you know, I let Ford know that the Blue Cruise wouldn't work, and uh, they checked into it when they got the truck back and found the problem and reflashed it. And so they sent it back to me, and so I drove it around, did a, did a bunch of highway driving with this thing, um, and compared to when we drove the uh, the Lincoln Navigator out in Arizona about a month and a half ago um, with Active Glide, which is just the Lincoln branding for Blue Cruise, um, this one was definitely better. Uh, you know, when we were, when we were out uh, in Texas to drive the Lightning a couple weeks ago, I talked to uh, um, Chris Billman, who's the uh, lead engineer on this stuff, and he said, "Yeah, they have been making some updates to Blue Cruise." Uh, you know, one of the things that um, that I'd complained about, particularly on the Navigator, was a lot of false positives uh, from the torque sensor on the steering wheel telling me, you know, put your hands back on the steering wheel. Even though my hands were on the steering wheel, I was just holding it very steady. Um, they, they've made some changes there. So that was a lot less prevalent. I still got a few of those, but it was a lot less prevalent than, uh, than it was when I drove the, the Navigator. Um, you know, in general, you know, the system is getting a little better um, overall in terms of the, the Blue Cruise performance. But it's still not as good as Super Cruise. You know, it, it's still – you can feel it, you know, if you're watching watching you know, out over the edge of the hood and watching the lane markers. You can see and you can feel that it tends to wander a little bit more within the lane than Super Cruise does. Um, you know, Super Cruise, you get out there and it just – it's rock steady right in the middle of the lane. I love Super Cruise. And, it's so good. And, and this system was still – not a lot, but just, just enough that you can notice it. Um, and of course, you know, there's, you know, when you get to certain curves in the highway, you know, it tells you to put your hands back on the wheel and you know, I've, you know, complained about the, the interface, the graphical interface for, for blue cruise. You know, it's it's not just as blue obvious. and then it's white. Yeah. You're like, Oh, 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 oh God, I guess I should have my hands on yeah, the wheel. What am I doing? <laughs> it's not, it's not as obvious, you know, what mode you're in and, and what you should be doing. Um, and then Ford's aware of that. And I think, yeah, I suspect that, you know, we're going to see some changes in that in future models. But um, uh, overall, you know, the rest of the truck, you know, it's an F-150. It's big and brawny. Uh, I did a mulch run, um, put, in <laughs> yes, nice. put in approximately 650 pounds of mulch in the bed, uh, according to the, <laughs> the onboard scales. Ooh. You know what? I actually had a bag of mulch in the garage that I put out yesterday, so I didn't technically get it, but I had a Mazda, and I was doing the mulch thing. Oh, there you go. There you go. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I got uh, like 10 big bags of mulch and uh, put them in there and, and uh, handled them no problem at all. Um, you know, this this was the hybrid. Um, one thing I, I did notice that I, I don't think I had really noticed before with this one or with, with the hybrid is, you know, every once in a while – yeah, it would seem like I don't know. It couldn't. It wasn't quite sure if it was when it was engaging or disengaging the clutch between the the engine and the electric motor. Um, but you know, you'd feel just a slight bit of jerkiness every once in a while. You know, like it wasn't completely smooth and seamless. 
Um, it was fine most of the time, uh, but every once in a while you you could feel it kind of being indecisive. It seemed like, uh, and um, it also didn't get as good fuel economy as I would have expected. Uh, the The four wheel drive F one fifty crew cab hybrid is EPA rated at twenty three miles per gallon combined city and highway. Um, I never got it to twenty. You know, it, I think the most I got uh, it up to was about nineteen point eight. Overall average for the week was about nineteen point five or six, um, which you know is is not bad for a big truck like this, especially you know the, considering this is a platinum with the big wheels and everything. But still, you know, it's not it's not great, um, especially you know when gas is you know even here in Michigan it's you know four twenty five four thirty a gallon. You know, if you're out. Out in California, it's probably what about sixty-two dollars a gallon now. About sixty-two, it's, maybe sixty-three. No, it's only sixty-one seventy-five. Oh, right okay. Now. Sorry, oh, I didn't mean to exaggerate. Exaggerating. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 uh it's it's over six dollars a gallon right now in, in my in my neighborhood for regular. Is it gas. really? It's like six oh four. Five ninety something. If you five ninety something, if you want to buy like cheap cheap gas, which I refuse to do. I'm not cheap, low quality. That's yeah. Why. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I pulled up the you know, numbers in uh, fueleconomy.gov um, for the hybrid F-150 versus the Lightning. And one of the things, if you haven't looked, if you, if you haven't gone into fueleconomy.gov, one of the nice things they have in there is in the comparison tool, it um, it does an estimate based on the, the, the label numbers of um, you know, what you would cost, what your fuel costs would be over five years compared to, uh, an average new vehicle. Um, and the, the hybrid, if you were to actually hit that 23 miles per gallon, it would cost you about $2,000 a year more than the average of all new vehicles, uh, over five years. Whereas the lightning, um, it will uh, save you $7,250. So the, the net wow. difference in fuel wow. costs over five years between the hybrid and the Lightning is $9,250, which is more than the price difference between um, an F-150 hybrid um, uh, Platinum and the, uh, the, F- the Lightning Platinum. So the Lightning Platinum, it's about, it's about, uh, about $8,000 price difference between that between the lightning and the the gas uh platinums and you're going to save over nine thousand dollars and given that i didn't actually hit 23 i only got you know just under 20 uh that that cost that savings is going to be even more so you know if you if you are thinking about an f-150 um you know unless you actually do need to drive um you know or tow long distances you really should be considering the, the electric version instead uh, because yeah, it'll save you a lot of money. Yeah, when I did that price that price differential between my BRZ and our Kona electric, and this one gas was $5 a gallon for 100 miles, and it was like $18 versus $6. I was like, oh, oh. Maybe I'm not gonna. We don't. I, we don't drive the the Jaguar and the BRZ nearly as much as we should right now, <laughs> <laughs> because gas is six dollars a gallon. Every time I have to go get gas, I'm just like, oh, this hurts. This hurts. Yeah. So uh, that's the uh, that's the F-150. Oh, and the the price on this one uh, was about eighty one thousand uh, dollars for the for the a 2022 F-150 Platinum 
four wheel drive uh, power boost hybrid. Um, so a little bit more than the uh, than your XC60, um, but uh, you know, of course, it can do a lot more than the XC60 can as well. You know what, I, so I much wish, more mulch. There's so, I, much, so more much more mulch you can put. You know what? I'm not. I, I'm fine with pickup trucks. Before everyone who loves a pickup truck starts like sending me death threats, but I've never owned a pickup truck because I don't have a need. Yeah. Not. Like I don't really need a pickup truck for the amount of pickup That's... trucky stuff I do. But I, the F-150 Lightning makes me wish that I did. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me wish I had a reason. <clears throat> like, what's my cause? Why? What excuse can what I come do, what up do with? I, what do I need, well, that, need or, this or, so it's not completely think, just hauling air? That's, because I love it. And it's – what you save on the, the gas, like having electric and being able to make it power your house. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, especially for you living in, you know, in New England – yeah, you, know, you get cold winters. You know, you, I'm sure you occasionally get some power outages in the winter time. I have and once or twice had a power outage, and it is no fun when it is. <laughs> when you get an ice storm degrees. that knocks some yeah. power lines down, yeah, it, it'll knock the lines down. And depending, you know, I've I've had neighbors who've been without power for almost like a week and a half. At that point, wow. there is damage to your house if you do not have a way of getting well, at least a little bit of electricity running through things. You know? Well, you know the 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 ID Buzz will also have bidirectional charging, so if you want yeah. like a cool van, you can do. But it that's still cool two years van. away, though. That's, that's still two I mean, years away. Yeah. But that's also you know you you, you can still also, haul things. Okay, but why do I need a van? I don't know. Because solve you crime. Think, because you want something solve cool. Solve crimes. <laughs> to solve crimes. With I'm just my trying, dog. <laughs> yeah, with your dog. You know, uh, I, I I was actually thinking the other day. Um, you know, I was reading something about the Toyota BRZ. Um, and you know, and all, the same applies to the Subaru Solterra. You know, the four-wheel drive versions of the Solterra and BRZ are only rated at 228 miles of range. Oh, you mean the BZ4X? Did I? Did I? Yeah, BZ4X, sorry. The BZ4X, you BRZ. Yeah, yeah the BZ4X. See how the name is just whole, like yeah. Uh, the right BZ4X the and the Solterra. Uh, yeah, and the Solterra only comes in all-wheel drive. You, there is no front-drive version of the Solterra. Subaru. Um, you know, so you get 228 miles of range in that thing. The st- the base Lightning Pro with the standard range battery is 230, and it costs five thousand dollars less than the BRZ or the the BZ4X, the BZ4X and the Solterra. Oh. So it's almost like you don't even need a reason to need the yeah, truck. It's, it's now it, become it, just like it is the it is the economically smart option. choice. Yeah, yeah. So I it's just so, need to go buy one. Ford, when it comes to trucks, they have the Maverick, which that's the vehicle. I, every time I think about the Maverick, I'm like, man, maybe I need a Maverick. Yeah. Maybe I just need a $20,000 truck for, for mulch because it's like the perfect size for 99% of people who need a truck. Yeah. And for like home stuff and art stuff and band stuff, I'm like, this thing is – and then all the, the – I still have all the cut wood that I use for the thing. And I'm like, you know, I've cut this wood already. I might as well just go buy the I should just buy a vehicle to fit the wood. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I had to use the wood to prop up something so I could paint it. And I was like, I need some slabs of wood. Oh yeah, there's this wood. And, um, yeah. So it's so, all it's yeah, already no, pre-cut funny. for the it's for already the flex pre-cut. bed in the, in the I already Maverick. have. Where is it? I have the cup holder still that I 3D printed. <laughs> so you, oh my you god, might... you 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 3D printed a cup holder for it? Yeah, I 3D printed a cup holder for it. I was 3D printing a a box that said Engadget because it was for Engadget. It was Engadget video, and um. It got ninety percent done, and then the three D printer just went. It ran out of. It ran out of. It ran out of stuff, and I was like, "Oh well." That's so you might as, just throw the trash. You might as well sell the Jag, and you know, take what little you get for that, and put it towards a down payment on a on a Maverick. There you go. Yeah, but I. 
the down payment on a Maverick is going to be ex- a lot. I feel like everything. When I'm not if you order a Maverick, when would you even get it right now? Probably about 2024. Uh, and what about 20, the Lightning? Like, where, are we any better probably, with the Lightning? Probably about the same, unfortunately. Yeah, so yeah, probably sometime, no, probably sometime next year. If you ordered one now, yeah, That's the same the thing with the BR. Part. Yeah, same thing with the new BRZ. Like, oh, we're not making those anymore. We ran out. We ran out. <laughs> like, what? What? Oh, oh, oh! About the uh, super and the Blue Cruise. Um, I just wanted to. I I was driving the Mach E. Um, I don't know a week or two ago, and with Blue Cruise, and I'd driven it before, also in Northern California during the drive program, and it has it has it has improved a lot. Um, but again, it's not as nice as Super Cruise, but it has, like, just on the road. I'm like, oh, this is so much better. They're getting close, yeah. Which is good. Which is you know at least improvements are good. That means they're 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 working towards, you know, getting to Super Cruise level uh, quality. Um, instead of just sort of like, you know, they could just put it out and like, well, we'll do an update in six months. I feel like they're like constantly getting, doing little updates to that. So, yeah. All right. Uh, let's see what we have on the list. Oh, okay. So I also drove uh, another car, uh, the other day. What? Yeah. I, on, uh, on Friday, I, I had a chance to, uh, go over to the Nissan, uh, R&D Center in Farmington Hills, Michigan, where they had a pair of new Nissan Zs. Um, one, uh, in blue with a manual transmission, uh, and one in red with an automatic. And I, of course, grabbed the blue one, uh, because that is the proper thing to do. As when, one should. Yeah, as one should, as if you're going to drive a Z. We can continue to be friends, Sam. That's, this is good. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, stop recording. I'm out. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's not, wasn't that long ago that there was a lot of uncertainty if a new Z would even happen. Um, you know, cause Nissan's had some financial challenges in recent years. Um, but. Last fall, you know, they unveiled the Z Proto and you know, showed it, showed it to, or actually no, it was 2020. Yeah, it was the fall of 2020 when they showed us the Z Proto and, and now they're building it and they're going to start shipping them to customers uh, pretty soon. And I had a chance to spend a couple of hours with one and boy, is it good. It is really, <laughs> really good. Um, and of course, you know, the, the obvious, um, competitor for the Z, you know, has been for decades the Supra, you know it's you know it's been Supra and Z, and the, I would say this time around um, the Z is absolutely the one to get. Um, it's it's based on the same basic architecture as the old 370Z, and there's no numbers associated with it anymore. Now it's just Nissan Z, uh, unless you're in Japan where it's the Fair Lady Z as as it should be. Um, so it's got the same 100, 100.4 inch wheelbase, um, same basic suspension layout, but it's all been retuned. It's got different caster angles and stuff for a little better steering feel. Um, but they replaced the 3.7 liter naturally aspirated V6 they had before with the 3 liter twin turbo V6 from the Infiniti Q50 Red Sport 400. So it now has 400 horsepower. Uh, 350 some odd foot pounds of torque. Um, and you know, because it's a twin turbo, um, you know, all that torque comes on pretty early. It peaks at about 1600 RPM. This thing feels great. And I love the way the new Z looks, you know, it's, it doesn't look retro, but you know, it's got just enough of the, you know, a few cues to kind of harken back to, you know, the original first generation Z, uh, you know, it's got that similar profile and even though it's on the same wheelbase as the 370, it's got slightly longer front overhang and, and rear overhang. So when you look at it in profile, 
It's got a little bit more of that long hood rear rear cabin uh, feel of the first generation because those first generation Zs, you know, they had an inline six cylinder. Um, the well, the actually the first and the second generation when they went to the two eighty ZX, they had an inline six like the like the Supra had, but. Yeah. But then um, when they went to the 300ZX, they went to a V6, and they've all been V6s since then. So they've had a little bit shorter hood, but they've stretched that out a little bit more. So it's got a little bit more of that look of the, of the, of the classics. Um, and I, I just love the way this thing looks, especially with the two-tone paint option where you get the black roof uh, and then the chrome strip that runs across the top of the, mm -hmm. the side glass. Um, the interior, the one I drove was in Syri Syrian blue on the outside. Um, and then it had a two-tone black and blue interior, which looked really cool. Um, I really like that, that color combination in there. Um, uh, you know, they, the, un, you know, unlike Toyota, you know, they're still, they're offering it from day one with a manual transmission. So you can get a manual Yay. or a nine-speed automatic, um, same price, no, no price premium for either one. Um, absolutely go with the manual, um. It was a hoot to drive. It's it's got surprisingly good ride comfort, uh, but then when you get into some curvy roads, you know it just hangs on. Um, the engine is really responsive. Um, you know it just feels really good, really stable and composed. You know even when there's bumps in the in the curves, uh, you know nothing seems to upset it. Um, and uh, I I just had a blast with this thing. It was great, and. It starts at forty thousand dollars. Like with with delivery uh, charge, it's uh, forty one thousand and I think fifteen dollars or something like that, um, which is quite a bit cheaper than the Supra. Um, you can get the the four cylinder Supra starting at about forty three thousand um, dollars, and then so they have the the base sport model, and then there's the Z Performance, which has slightly bigger brakes and goes from eighteen to nineteen inch wheels. Um, and has, has some options as standard equipment. And that one starts at 50 grand. So it's an extra 10 grand to go to the performance. Um, and then they also have a limited edition launch version called the, uh, proto spec, um, which adds the, uh, you have the option of that same yellow paint that they had on the Z proto concept and the sort of dark gold bronzish wheels that were on that one. Uh, come on that uh, only on the uh, the Z Proto, um, and that one's an extra three thousand dollars on top of the performance. So all in, you know, for the the max version, you're looking at fifty four thousand dollars roughly. Um, and uh, I highly recommend this. And you know, unlike the unlike the controversial styling of the Supra, um, you know, I don't think there's anything controversial about the Z. I think it just looks great. Is the same engine in all three vehicles? Yeah. Same 400 horsepower engine. Yeah, just get the base engine. You know, yeah, just get the base one. You don't need. Yeah, you get, don't need bigger wheels. Come on. The the bigger brakes, I think, would be nice. Yeah, the bigger brake. I'm I'm a big fan of bigger brakes, but yeah. And I mean, they're not huge wheels. I mean, you're only going from 18s to 19s. That's true. So, but. um, and you get some other stuff thrown in there as well. Uh, but um, no, it's it's you know, if you're looking for a sports car, and you know this. This is a proper sports car. You know, there's no pretense of, you know, some dinky little back seat that is not useful for anything. Yeah. You know, there, there's two seats. That's it. All done. You know, no two plus two oh. nonsense. You know, not much cargo space. You got room for a couple of duffel bags in the back. Um, and that's about it. 
uh, you know, it's it's two people and you know enough stuff for a weekend getaway, and that's it. Good, so. good. I'm happy for Nissan, and that's just I'm, fine. Yes, I'm sad because I was invited on that drive program, and it was while I was on vacation. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> Well, I'll be in Hawaii, so I guess it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can only complain so much there, Robbie. Yeah. I don't like Las Vegas, which is where the drive was, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's um, where they did it. So that's – that's. Yeah, I was like, eh. I don't care where we're driving just as long as the roads are nice. I don't – yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited once it gets into the fleet and I can I can uh, whip it around the uh, Northern California windy roads. Yep. No, it's, 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 a, it's a lovely car. Lovely. All right, um, let's get into some other stuff here. Uh, Lordstown Motors uh, finally completed the sale of their factory to Foxconn, uh, and uh, just with just a few days to spare before the the whole thing would fall apart. Um, and even with that, even with the two hundred and sixty million dollars they're getting from Foxconn, they've still burned through most of the cash that they had from their going public, and they they say. You know they want to build 500 trucks by the end of this year, um, but they still need another 150 million dollars to do that because I'm guessing um, suppliers are telling them, yeah, we'd be happy to sell you some parts. Uh, you just got to pay us up front. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no, no 90 day or 180 day terms. You know, it's like you give cash, us the money, we ca- build you the cash parts. on delivery. Cash uh, on delivery. Yeah, it's this is this is the expected uh, end of this. Uh, exp- this whole path is it should have been anticipated. Lordstown has been a boondoggle since its inception. Uh, it's, I love that it, word. Boondoggle. I love yeah. I love the word boondoggle. boondoggle. The idea that there was workhorse, which was a company that didn't build anything, <laughs> that built like one or two trucks, that uh, that that crashed and burned, and then they started. Lordstown, but then Lordstown has to pay. It's the same people, but Lordstown has to pay Workhorse um, for every truck it makes. So the the company, the people who made one company built another company because the first company failed, but the second company has to pay the first company some money. So it's like they're getting money both ways. <laughs> I know it's it's it's, it's insane. It's, and it's, yeah. to to buy the factory from GM, you know, because GM had closed the closed down the Lordstown assembly plant. And they were getting a lot of grief from the ex-president, um, you know, because, you know, the ex-president wanted to create jobs in Ohio because he needed Ohio, he needed to win Ohio to re- win re-election. And so he was giving Mary Barra all kinds of grief. And so, you know, GM said, okay, fine. We will loan Lordstown $40 million so that they can pay us $20 million for the factory and still have $20 million of, of working capital. Um and then, you know, when it was clear that they were never going to get that money back, they just converted that to equity when, when Lordstown went public. And, you know, I think GM, you know, basically long ago just wrote off that investment, you know, said, yeah, we're, we're fine. Like, it was a small price to pay to get that guy off our backs just so yeah, he wouldn't It was marketing complain. money. They took it out of the yeah. marketing budget. <laughs> yeah, like, no, oh, and, and uh... for, for marketing, I mean, that was cheap. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Right. So, <laughs> like, let's let's give it to these idiots and we'll move on with our lives. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I I would be shocked if Lordstown Motors ever delivers a single truck to a customer, um, and especially now, you know, that Ford is actually shipping F one fifty Lightnings. Why would anybody? buy the Lordstown? Because I feel like people who are behind the curve, like these the sort of startups that. 
we're going to be first to have this. Well, you aren't now, so yeah. you have a problem. Well, <laughs> not only that, but you know, the Lightning Pro starts at forty grand. The um, the Lordstown Endurance, um, when they did their last earnings call, they kind of slipped in there that they had raised the price from the original fifty two thousand dollars to sixty five thousand dollars. So now the 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 Lordstown truck costs you know more than fifty percent more than the Ford, but has yeah. less towing capability, less payload. And, and it's, it's coming going for from, the same market. Yeah. It's not like it's Rivian where Rivian's going for this sort of high-end, like, adventure. Yeah, so, right. so who, like, who the hell's going to buy it? Yeah. Yep. On, on the plus side, though, now that Foxconn actually owns the factory, they have some place where they can build the Fisker pair. So, you know. <laughs> that's right. That is going to be the pair. Yeah. So that's, that's, what the, that's probably the only thing that's ever going to get built there. Yeah. I feel more like a pair is going to show up appear before – a pair appear yeah. before anything a from Lordstown. It's like a, a pair were a PL peer. <laughs> speaking, speaking of EV startups that have uh, uh, legacy automakers as uh, as investors, um, Rivian um, their uh, their stock has been on a downward slide uh, ever since the IPO. Uh, it spiked up right after the IPO to like I think it hit the peak of like one hundred and eighty dollars a share or something crazy like that, and it's been you know now it's down in the mid twenties. Um, Ford owns about 10% of Rivian. Um, they did. They did. Yes. <laughs> Past tense. Pri- prior, prior to, prior to last Monday, they owned 10, uh, roughly 10% of Rivian shares. Um, Monday was the end of the lockup period. So for, for those not familiar with this stuff, when, when companies go public, there's usually a uh, period of several months during which uh, early investors are not allowed to sell off their shares. They have to hang on to it uh, for a while. And uh, so last Monday was the end of the lockup period for Rivian. So uh, insiders and you know, employees and, and uh, other investor, early investors uh, can start selling their shares. So Ford immediately sold off 8 million shares on Monday for, I think, about uh, $200 million. Um, and uh, Rivian's... Uh, share price dropped down to about $20 a share and then bounced back um, later in the week to about uh, 26 or 27. And so Ford took advantage of that opportunity, that dead cat bounce to sell off another 7 million shares this past Friday. Um, and I would be surprised if, uh, if Ford still owns any Rivian shares uh, within the next couple of months. I think they're just yeah. going to look for any peaks in the market and, and use that to take, yeah. take any profits that they can still get off of that. I think even if Rivian was doing well, Ford would sell them off just because I think there was a, there was a there was a time when Rivian and when 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 Rivian was going to help Ford build EVs, and then Ford's like, oh wait, we can do this ourselves. <laughs> we actually don't need. Remember the Rivian powered mm-hmm. Lincoln? Yep. And yes. then they're like, oh wait, 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 we're not going to do that now. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Everyone <laughs> slow down. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense anymore for Ford to have anything to do with Rivian because Ford can do it on their own. Rivian is, you know, they're they're. I think Rivian would be doing better if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, the supply chain, semiconductor, all that stuff. I think they're... I mean, that, to be fair, that probably did mess up more than a few companies. Look at the havoc yeah. that's wrought with companies like Ford, like mm-hmm. actual... Yeah, like, a like big companies. Yeah, yeah have big companies are having problems. Like the two struggling. Com- yeah, so, the two companies who are probably going to make it, uh, which are Rivian and Lucid, they're having even bigger problems because they just can't... You can't compete with the time on the production... You know, Do you think those supply. are the two that are going to make it? You think Rivian and Lucid are the two that are going to survive from the, the yeah. EV startups? I think they have I the best so. chance. Yeah, they have the best yeah. chance. That, yeah, they have the and best chance. And maybe Fisker. 
and maybe Fisker. Yeah, I think Fisker. I think there's there's I think Fisker is going to be very niche. Um, what about Vinfast? Do you think they're going to survive? I don't do know. Gonna... I think they're doing. I mean, they're doing well at Vietnam. I, we, I think we're still sort of a little early with Vinfast. So that one's, okay. yeah. that one's a question mark. Yeah, that one's a question mark. Just because, it's, and also it's 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 in another country, so it has. A, I think there's a whole other thing you have to deal with, like whether or not it succeeds here. It's like Alfa Romeo. Like, is Alfa Romeo going to succeed here? Well, if it doesn't, they have the rest of. They have Europe to take. They have yeah. Europe. They have Europe. I think okay. Vinfast will probably end and. Uh, and maybe anything. Who's else is coming over? That eh, doesn't matter. But yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, but but selling off all that Rivian stock, they're just like, yeah, they don't want to be anything associated with Rivian anymore. Yeah. Plus, they still got that Amazon mega Amazon order they got to build. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they got they got a whole bunch of vans to build for for Amazon. They got to make some vans. All right. So um, we were talking earlier about the Toyota BZ4X. Um, slash BRZ slash whatever, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Motor Trend um, got one uh, for you know we we uh, Nicole and I have both done the um, the first drive on the BZ4X and I think the two of you have both driven the Solterra, um, and uh, Motor Trend has gotten one for a little longer period of time and they did some charging testing with it and we already knew that you know charging was not as good, especially DC fast charging capability was not as good with the BZ4X as some of its competitors. And um turns out um, that it gets even worse, especially if the temperature starts dropping. Um, this, uh, well, the link to this will be in the show notes, but um, Motor Trend published the, the charging curve, what they got when they tried to do DC fast charging. Ooh. And this, this was, at an ambient temperature of 64 degrees, which is not exactly cold, you know this. You know this. This is pretty modest temperatures, and with the all-wheel drive one, which has the CATL battery, which nominally can char- charge it up to 100 kilowatts, they never got it above 65 kilowatts, and it only held that until about 33 percent charge, and you know all all. DC fast charging, you know, at some point in the charge curve, it starts ramping it down so you don't overcharge the battery. This thing started ramping down at like 33% state of charge from 65. And by the time they were down to uh, like 90%, you know, or 90, 92%, um, it was down at one kilowatt. I mean, it was just barely... They they could not they could not fully charge it from a DC fast charger. And that's at a DC fast charger. That's insane. So, yeah. So did they do this on like multiple times or just one time? Uh, looks like they did it one time. All right, because that uh, I, not to I don't want to harp on Motor Trend. Um, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> you, sometimes I've gone to the charging stations. Yeah, I mean sometimes and, they they go slow. Yeah, sometimes it's it's so tough with these tests with the charging tests because. I always try to go to the exact same station, to the exact same location for, for my test. And even then, I'll go with the same car like two days in a row. And one day, it'll be like crazy fast. And the next day, it'll be like, wah, wah. but still, this is, this, is, this, is, this is a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I, guess, bummer, dude. I guess even even in the owner's manual for the BZ4X, um, you know, it says for the, for the BZ4X all-wheel drive model, charging may slow down more than other models in weather conditions below 32 degrees Fahrenheit and may not be possible when the temperature drops to around minus 4 Fahrenheit and below. Which, that's, um, so that's there are like, literally circumstances all winter of winter. I yeah. not drive this vehicle. It's like, good luck with that because it's too cold. So so if you yeah, if you live somewhere cold and want an all-wheel drive EV, um, 
don't buy the Saltera or BC4X. Which is ah. That's horrifying that you couldn't charge it. I mean, I get things go sideways for EVs when the weather yeah. gets it's cold, but and I'm they like, always yeah, go no. slower. But they always go slower, but I'm like not slow. Stop. Yeah. No charging yeah, for you. It's not going to work. And especially if you charge because you know I charge at night, and you know I've lived in That's Kansas when it's City. That's the coldest. Yeah, and I lived in Kansas City was negative forty five during the day. Yeah. <laughs> so if it was, you know, let's say it's negative sixty at night. Do I just get up in the morning and my 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 EV just doesn't go? <laughs> it's like sorry about that, but I didn't charge last night because there was a wind chill. Have good luck getting to work. So, so. Like the, you have to put the the ba- the heater on the car. Like you got to put it in the garage, and then was it the diesels? You have to put like the diesels. Yeah, the, you pl- you put a little blankie on top. Yeah, you have a blankie and warm it up. <laughs> block heater. Up a little. A block heater for your EV. Block heater for my EV. I mean, to, to their credit, even though they looks like they only did one test, they did drive it around for a while to get the battery warmed up before they went to the charger. But still, you know, I mean, sixty four degrees, you know, is that's, that's not much. That's not cold. No. <laughs> yeah, the the three fifty charger in my 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 area is on the other side of the bay, so it takes me thirty to forty minutes to get there every time I want to do a. DC fast charges to make sure, like you know, it gets at least close. Most of the time, I don't really talk about the the numbers in in the article, um, but most of the time, it, it usually will hit close to it. And I'm like, well, that's good enough. If yeah. it's 240 and it hits 230 or 227, I'm like, there you go. That's once you get over like one, once you get over like 170, it, like it doesn't even matter anymore. It doesn't matter how fast it's going at that point. It's so fast, you're just like, oh, I don't have time to go to Starbucks. Oh. I guess I better go drive some more. I better go drive. So, just drive in circles. Drive so, and drive and drive. So, so the BZ4X has mediocre range compared to its comp- competitors. Um, it costs more and and charges really slow. So, oh god, Toyota. Well, what, 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 what are they doing here? I, I don't know. When, what what when, are they doing here? Again, it's like the, I think it's it still goes down to like the teenager whose parent tells them to clean their room, and they're like, "Fine, but I'm not going to do a good job with." <laughs> they open the closet door like and just it. shove everything in there. Everything, yeah. yeah. It's I mean, it's it's technically clean. Yeah, <laughs> it's technically an EV. <laughs> yeah, well, we're oh. Nicole and I are both going to be in in uh, Texas in a couple of weeks with Toyota for another yeah. program. Uh, so I'm going to be asking him more more about this Toyota Palooza. Yeah. Toyota Palooza too. I thought about. Duh. I thought about going to that. It's a long time. Three I'm only there for three days. Oh, they want me there for like a week. Yes, you can. You can. You have options. Yeah, there, options there's there's different there's different waves. Um, mm-hmm. The there's a couple of longer waves and a couple of shorter waves. There's the I want to live with Toyota wave. for a week, or there's I just want to do a normal drive program. I opt yeah. for I'll do a normal drive program. Thank you. Yeah, I'll I'll talk to them. I'll call them and say I just want to do the normal thing because I can't I can't be in. Texas yeah, no, I did the same thing. I couldn't go quite that long either. No, I got too much work to do, and I, I wouldn't wouldn't want to be in Texas for that long. Yeah, I can only eat so much. I can only eat so that. much barbecue. That's what I was going to no, say. I'm like, I can only see so much barbecue. I, that woman, Could, that diva Q who did the barbecue thing at the Ford F150 Lightning, she's like a world renowned barbecue pit master winner. And now I follow her on on like Instagram, and I'm seeing all this barbecue all the time, and I kind of just want to have barbecue for a whole week. Because I, yeah, I look I, at what she makes, I'm like, oh my god, what did you make this time, woman? That looks amazing. Every Texas trip, I'm like, oh, barbecue. And then they're like, oh, we're going out to dinner at a nice restaurant. I'm like, no, no, no. Well, if, <laughs> if, I, just I, want the barbecue. if I if I if I go to another drive program in uh, in Austin, I'm going to have to do what uh, Jordan Golson did when he did the uh, the Grand Cherokee 4xe program, which is he ordered ahead 
to um, uh, Franklin's Barbecue, ordered a brisket in advance, and um, picked it up on the morning before heading to the airport. Took a little cooler and uh, packed that in there. And then when he got to the airport, he got some ice from one of the uh, one of the restaurants in the airport and filled it up with ice. Uh, and then when he got home, he just sous vided it to heat it up and said it was so good. I didn't or, mention the brisket thing. I brought pie You can just eat it time, in the but... plane. Well, there's that too. Right. <laughs> it's on the just plane. Just break it out <laughs> the plane. Oh, no, no. Just reach in there. What you doing? I'm eating my barbecue. Would you can like you some? imagine if you're like the guy sitting behind him and you smell this amazing barbecue in the plane and you just see Jordan like, he, he doesn't share? That's like not bringing enough for the whole class. Like, like eject true. that guy. That's true. That's gonna Keep be the barbecue. Problem. Throw him off the plane. Throw Jordan off the plane. Yeah. yeah. You, gone. Barbecue, stay. All right. Uh, last one is the uh, the return of Scout. Uh, do, do you guys both remember Scout? My neighbor I, had one when I was a kid. I my totally friend had one. Scout. My friend had one. He got it stuck in the snow because he didn't go as fast as I told him to. And then <laughs> I, was wearing, I was wearing sweats, and we were going to the feed store, which is a very small town thing to say. We're driving through a field. Oh we also his, had a feed store. <laughs> Scout to go buy feed for our sheep. <laughs> and wow. I'm, he's like, I'm going to go through this thing. I'm like, you got to go faster. Or we're going to get stuck. No, no, no. No urban cool. elites on this show. No, we got to go faster. <laughs> it's going to get stuck. And he didn't go fast enough. I got stuck. And I'm out there in like a t-shirt and sweats, <laughs> like digging out because he didn't have a, he was like, I got everything in here, but a shovel. We needed a shovel. <laughs> um, he needs a shovel. And then we, uh, we end up walking to the, the rest of the way. The feed store is like, I don't know, like a half mile. And sitting in the back because they felt bad for us. And then his his uh, his grandfather showed up with a tractor and pulled us out. <laughs> it just gets more and more middle of nowhere. Granddad showed up with a tractor. I mean, just keep going, Robbie. <laughs> so, yeah. So every once in a while, I'll get an email from someone who's like, oh, you coastal elites. You don't. Oh, you penny. You know, you're you, I'm like, ah, don't here. Just listen yeah. to that story. <laughs> yeah. In case you're wondering the real Robbie. There you go. It's like, ah. Um, for for those those not familiar with the Scout brand, um, this was an SUV and pickup that was made by International Harvester back in like the '60s, early '70s, and into the '70s. I can't remember. Maybe into, maybe even into the '80s uh, before it was finally discontinued. And you know, this was a competitor for the Bronco and Jeep and and other stuff. You know, um, and of course, International is owned by Navistar, uh, the truck company. Um, and Navistar was acquired last year, the year before, by Trayton, which is the um, heavy truck division of Volkswagen Group. So Volkswagen owns the the rights to the Scout brand, and um, they announced uh, last week that um, they are bringing back the Scout brand for an electric pickup truck and SUV. Um, and uh, that's. You know, there's there's a sketch that was released. Um, they're targeting uh, 250,000 annual sales. Um, and uh, what what do you think about this? I like the SUV. The truck looks squished. Yeah, like, I know that it's just a it's just a sketch, so it could look absolutely nothing like this. But the truck, I'm not not so much. But the why, SUV looks yeah. awesome. Why is I like the, the SUV? Doesn't the truck look weird? The dimensions looks are weird. weird. The, the yeah. cabin. Why the cab looks too so, too too far yeah. back. It's, yeah, something – so Move I'm hoping it. that's just a sketch kind of thing. I mean, they did deem it worthy enough to release it, yeah. so maybe it's more accurate than we think, but uh, – You never know. Uh, might might not be that accurate. But, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some, you know, some 
cue, design cues from the old scouts. Um, you know, may, hopefully they're planning to have a big frunk in the in this thing. You know, to justify having that long hood. Um, but I bet um, they do. I just remember the old scout and it being like the car whenever we all had to pile in and go somewhere. My friend Pam, Pam and her dad. It was her dad's scout, and we had to pile in. It was like you could fit a totally illegal number number of children and stuff in that thing. <laughs> Um, and it was like the, we all have to go together. Well, let's go take the scout. Like, I want it to be like that still, but I'll be totally legal about how I use it. <laughs> <laughs> so no, uh, production is scheduled to start in 2026. So it's still, you know, four years away. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, it could be pretty cool. You know, have, uh, an electric competitor, um, to the, you know, by that time we're going to have an electric Wrangler and some other electric Jeeps and probably an electric Bronco. Uh, so could be could be fun. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be cool. How it works it, out. I think the SUV looks awesome. I love the SUV. So yeah, I'm in for that. Not in for the truck. Okay. All right. We have a few listener questions today. Um, let's start off with uh, Big Daddy Henshaw. Um, hey, Wheelbearings Crew, which one? Which one would you choose? The new Z or the Supra with a stick? Uh, the Z is still on an old platform and seems kind of like a pig with lipstick on it. Um, the Toyota Supra is well, is well, is more German than Toyota, but seems more modern. Um, so, you know, I, I talked about it. Um, yeah, it's on an old architecture, but the, the Z drives thoroughly modern. It drives great. Um, and I would, I would choose the Z over the Supra. I, I haven't driven the Z. I haven't I like- either, so I can't voice an opinion. I like the Supra, though. I, I do, so I don't dislike it. I would like it more with the stick, so I think I would like it more. But I don't know if I would like it more than the Z. Ask me again after I finally have a chance to drive the Z, Big Daddy, and then we can answer. <laughs> we'll bring that one back for for uh, an encore. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Oh, hold on. Let me forget to... Do the word wrap on this so I can actually read it. Um, <laughs> from Coach Cabrera, is it recommended to charge an EV outside of your home? I see most people are parking their EVs in their driveways. What happens if it rains and the EV are plugged into their chargers? Absolutely no- nothing. Nothing happens. It's yeah. just it's just it's plug. It's yeah. They're, you know they had to build them so that humans could use them. Um, so yeah, so they're they're built to. It, it could rain all you want. You can have rain on the charger. You can have it rain on the charge port. Doesn't matter. You just plug it in. Yeah, rain and snow doesn't care. And you could even get some like there's different brands out there, and I'm going to forget that there's like you know you have tires that are like severe snow service rated with a little three peak mountain snowflake on them. You can get chargers that are like severe weather related. So even if you live like in Alaska where it's freezing and there's chaos all the time, you can get a charger that can sit outside in the snow and be totally happy. So yeah, you're fine. It's moose proof. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. You can just plug it in. You're not going to yeah. get shocked. You're not going to get yeah. Nope. Yeah, they're 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 all weatherproofed, and you know if you if you look inside the charge connector, you'll see all the terminals are set way back. And it's the reason why these things you know have these deep sockets on them, so that the terminals are nowhere near the 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 perimeter. You know, you'd you'd have you'd have to like stick a nail or a screw or something in there to even contact the right. the the terminals and the and the connectors. Um, and there's lots of rubber seals and everything. And they're, you know, they're designed to be weatherproof. So not, yeah, not an issue You'll be at all. fine. Yeah. And I, I try to park mine in the driveway because my, my garage is full of stuff now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, same, same for me. I don't own an EV, but I, you know, I drive a bunch of them and, uh, you know, have the, the charger, the, the 
the outlet is actually inside the garage, but the cord goes outside. And I've always charged them, charged the EVs outside and never had an issue because I have my Miata in the garage and my wife's car gets the other half of the garage. So we've, no, no we've room had for our that stuff. plug in for like a year. So it's been through a year of New England winter and all the weather that we have and plug in and outside and it's never had a problem. Yeah. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. All right. Last one is from AJ Gupta. Uh, what's the breaking point at which GM and Ford decide to buy a chip fab plant in Asia and ship it stateside to get a handle on chip production? Uh, and this applies to many ancillary supplier factories too. Um, I mean, I know there's there's automakers, especially recently, they're they're starting to think, okay, we it's it's a worldwide network of of supplies is. It ends up not working out so hot recently. <laughs> well, it's, it's not so much issues. worldwide, uh, but rather um, concentrated network. You know, ha- having your suppliers be around the world is fine as long as they have multiple locations in different regions. Yeah. So I I, I don't know if they're going to if Ford and GM are going to buy a chip plant. I think you know I think it's more I think their their concern more is the same like with BMW and Mercedes where they're looking into oh we need to make sure that there's a battery plant. That we have a gigafactory near our our production facility. Um, building chip plants is really really expensive, and it takes a really really long time. That's the and, thing. Yeah. Even for the issues we're having right now, if they did it today, by the time they have it ready to go, the current and, issues are going to be sort of resolved. One would hope. And it takes forever to build. And it's not like you, you know, it's not like these plants are for sale. <laughs> You're not going to be able to just go to TSMC and say, "I want to buy your fab." And ship all the equipment to the U.S. Sure, here you go. And that is not going to happen. Um, you know what? What is happening is you know all these various chip producers are building new fabs in the U.S. Um, and also in Europe uh, to handle the demand. Um, you know, so TSMC has a fab under construction in that's Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Corporation. Um, they're they're the biggest chip uh, manufacturer in the world. Um, and they, they're building a fa- new fab in Arizona that I think comes online next year. Um, Intel's got some new fabs going up in Ohio uh, and also in, in Europe. Um, Global Foundries is expanding. Samsung's building another new fab in Texas. So everybody's expanding globally, um, but yeah. they're, they're diversifying the locations. So they're not all in one place. Yeah, a lot of them in Southeast Asia where there's a lot of monsoon issues and yeah, that's what that's that's what kind of like that's what kind of started the whole like fat like one one place got messed up because of monsoon and then it was just like a domino effect. Or, <laughs> well, you, yeah, monsoons, earthquakes, um, fires, um, trade wars, you know, all this stuff. It's it's never a good idea to have all that stuff, you know, essential components concentrated in just one place. And that's yeah. that's why they're also localizing production of battery materials, battery raw materials. Got to have it everywhere. Yep. It takes a village. It, <laughs> it does. It takes a village to build a car. <laughs> but the village <laughs> takes a village. All right. Takes a village. I think that's all we've got for this week. Uh, thanks everybody. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 
96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.